Welcome to episode eight of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Nolan of AppAct.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. In this episode, we have some highs and lows as we delve into dungeons, build amusement parks atop a fiery mountain, and sound like we are talking with marbles in our mouths. How are you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. This week has some interesting takes, especially when you talk with marbles <laughs> in your mouth. Yeah, there's a very weird title we'll get to in a minute. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a decent week of of new releases. Uh, there was some good stuff in a couple of low points, but uh, otherwise, it was a it was a nice week. And so we'll start with new apps simply because the only Apple news right now are iPad rumors that simply don't make sense. So we'll skip over to new apps, and the one we're going to talk about is Storio which it just got a big 2.0 update, so it's relevant again. And this app, it's like quite a few others where it takes your photos and transforms them into these slideshows. And these particular ones include maps. So you can make like a trip. And then that trip, it would show you went from LA to Washington, D.C. And then all the stops along the way marked by the photos you've taken with the geolocation right on your iPhone. So it takes all that photo data you have and turns it into an actual easily shareable package. And the main highlight is that you can connect with Facebook friends. So that way you can create a collaborative video where you add your photos and then your friends add theirs. And then you have one encompassing photo slideshow from the different perspectives of the different photos taken by each member of the group. Right. And what it looks like it is it'll do is take all that geo tagging data that's on those photos so it knows which ones to group together so that it builds that one little trip of all your photos. So you can upload whatever you have. They upload wherever they have. And now you have this thing that automatically gets made and it makes a trip from all the photos that are in that grouping. And you can see who kind of provided which photos you can turn off a person's photos say you want this little thing they had built without their photos because you don't really like them uh you could turn those off and so it looks like it's got all little neat knobs to kind of control what you want but at the same time it's super easy to use where it's just basically a matter of uploading photos and it does the rest and then it could be used for family say the dad takes photos and the mom takes photos or whatever family scenario you might have then you have it all, you know, in one kind of place rather than on separate phones and you don't know how to merge it together. You have to edit and import and all that stuff. You just connect all through Storio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great because this will work. Per I, my wife and I haven't tried it yet, but this would work perfectly because there's a lot of times where she'll take like photos of me with our kids and I'll take photos of her with the kids. And then now I have to try to get those photos to her so that she can put them up on Facebook. So it's all in one. But if you could create one of these little stories and then share this kind of interesting, much more interesting than just a bunch of static photos, then now they're all grouped together and all of our memories are there together in one little package. And then if you wanted to just do random stuff, say Brett and I tried to make a video and we're not in the same <laughs> part of the country, you can just merge photos randomly if you felt like it. It's really up to you. 
Yes, and it does show you all the different locations on a map of where these photos are coming from, and then you can see all the little faces of the contributors from their little Facebook uh, profile picture. And it's it's a neat app. The one thing is that there's quite a bit of load time going on to... So each time someone adds a photo, you can then go and re-edit it or watch it back, and it like recreates the whole video. It keeps creating the story every single time, even when someone just adds one photo, and your video where you added like 10 photos is already formed and created and saved on your device. It still recreates it. Right, and you can imagine the more photos you have in one of these things, and if you have a lot of contributors, the longer it's going to take to build this thing. So I wish there was a way to speed that part up, or that, especially even if you like go in and there aren't new photos yet, it still seems to kind of rebuild it, even though you're not adding anything. So it's kind of it obviously isn't storing it in the device, which I guess is kind of nice if you have limited storage. But at the same time, if you just want to go in and add one little photo and you already have like 20 in there, you're going to spend a little bit of time waiting for this thing to finish and then rebuild it even after you then put in the photo. Yep. And that's Storio. It's free. It is iPhone only. So keep that in mind. And then we have a new app list up on appadvice.com that connects the best picture nominees to iOS games. So it's not the most obvious connection at first glance. And I know the Oscars were this past Sunday based on when this recording is going to be published. But still those movies have relevance. And the interesting thing is to find those paralleled themes across iOS games and movies. And so just in alphabetical order, Arrival is about Amy Adams trying to communicate with aliens. And it's not direct comparison because you don't want to spoil the movie too much in terms of anything else. So just trying to kind of solve language in different forms. Rebus puzzles are a really good idea because you're given images and you need to make sense of those images into words rather than just unscrambling English letters. And then Rebus in all caps, which is hyphen absurd logic game, is the best of the bunch. Yeah, I, I I played through this. Some of those, I remember some of those, I really had to puzzle over to even figure out the solution on that Rebus. And I, I think you did a very nice job of kind of taking the core of what these movies are and kind of linking them to apps. Yes, they don't directly, some of them, you kind of have to think outside the box a little bit, but I think you make some good linkage between the apps and the uh, the movies. Yeah, it's not like Moonlight's just going to be an iOS game. So you kind of have to <laughs> figure out ways to kind of weave it together. So speaking of Moonlight, it connects up with a normal lost phone, which came out just a relatively soon amount of time. And it kind of is having you dive into a phone. And that phone unlocks this whole story of a person. And then that person's going to have connection to the main character of Moonlight. And one interesting one is Manchester by the Sea, simply because it's such a a heart-wrenching story. And on iOS, there's not going to be that direct kind of movie idea or story idea. But That Dragon Cancer is like the most heart-wrenching iOS game. It's not really a game, but just that whole kind of interactive experience with that story that they convey really has a nice parallel going on. Yes, yes. I've heard Manchester by the Sea is quite a depressing movie. So, and I, I definitely had the feels during uh, that Dragon Cancer. It was, uh, it was tough to make it through, just because it is a, a sad story. But then again, there's hope in it, and so. But 
yes, I, I can definitely see the parallels there. And then there's La La Land, which is the musical of this current year and uh, award season. And there's actually a musical on iOS in the form of Peter Panic. And so the story within the musicals of the film and the game aren't the same, but just the way Peter Panic creates a fully fleshed out, really well written and produced and performed musical within the structure and confines of an iOS game is really extraordinary. And to highlight it with the iOS Oscar time, it's just really neat. Yeah, I knew you were gonna when I when I knew you were doing this and I knew knew La La Land was in there. I knew Peter Panic was coming out because it's so awesome. Yeah, and there's other ones, so be sure to check App Advice to see what Hacksaw Ridge or Fences or Hell or High Water ties into, and that's pretty much kind of the apps, and that allows us to transition over to the new game releases this week. And the first one is that tough to pronounce one. It's mul mash tab ba gal gal, and there's a period in between each of those words. So it's one long construction with periods in between each word I just said. But it's by Riverman <laughs> Media. They made Pizza vs. Skeletons as well as The Executive, so you could find those apps and then search for similar apps in case you were going that route. But anyway, this game, it takes the core mechanics of Pong, and it turns it into kind of this arcade, like, brick breaker missile defense idea where you drag both your thumbs on each side of the screen to control the paddles, and then there's a ball bouncing back and forth. And you have these creatures that are rising from the bottom of the screen to the top. You want to hit them with the ball by ricocheting it off the paddle before they reach the top of the screen. And it's not an endless arcade game. Rather, there are stages where you have particular enemies to defeat before you know you run out of health because too many enemies made it to the top of the screen. Yeah, they've just done this really, I don't know, they've transformed these, what would be like classic arcade controls for like the Pong and and Breakout and just created something so fresh and different. And you're, you're sliding those paddles up and down through fingers and then you're trying to get as many of those weird ghostly like sea creatures killed as you can, but some of them have different different behaviors so like there's these clamshell ones where if you hit them when they're open then you can take them right out otherwise you have to hit them a few times if they're closed and then there's other little tiny ones and then large ones and they're all moving kind of crazily and then there's other little pickups you can get which act and change the 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 properties of the ball. So there's like a fireball that you can have, which will now gun through things. There's a lightning ball that you can pick up where now if it hits something, it electrifies a bunch of the other things on the screen. So you can kind of take out more than thing, more than one thing at, at the same time. And then what will happen is as you progress through these stages, you're picking up coins. And so in between rounds, you'll not only have the ability to purchase upgrades that will allow you to gain back some of your health so you can hopefully go further or uh, allow you to have like a faster ball that's bouncing around, which is a little tougher to control, but you don't have that delay of it making it over to the other side so that you can then bounce it back down and try to hit something else. 
but then you also level up along the way and that unlocks these new paddle types which you can on the left and right side of the screen you can have completely different paddle types you can mix and match to your heart's content and there'll be things like something that every x number of balls it'll turn every time x number of hits that that paddle gets it'll turn the ball into a fireball or every x number of hits this paddle gets it'll restore a little bit of your health so now by mixing and matching these paddle types you can really customize it to how you play or to the types of enemies that are going to be in that next stage because if you lose you're going to have to start over but now you you kind of know what's coming as you progress through these stages again and hopefully make it even further yeah that's the whole upgrading the paddle thing is what's going to kind of keep you coming back because it tells you what the benefit is of these new paddle sets. And then that will give you kind of lock into, okay, this will let me, the way I died before, this will kind of help prevent that. And then you have greater focus going in because you realize your ultimate goal is to not let any enemies go through simply because your health is consistent across the stages. It's not like once you complete a stage, you're back to full health. So you always have to be aware and cognizant of that. Yes, yeah, that that's what I love about the game. It's almost kind of like a roguelike in that effect that you can't just go all out and just let things go by and like, ah, oh, I don't worry, I can let these last two go by and I'll still pass the level because it's going to come back to haunt you when you go into that next level and there might be even harder things you got to try to go against and now you're down all this health or you don't have enough coins to restore your health in between stages. The, one of the nice things about those paddles too is you can swap them out at every stage. So before you start the stage, you can swap them out and change how you're set up. So you can really plan per stage exactly how you want to attack it. And you'll learn as you die, like, that's what I need to do. And and then you're always looking forward to what is that next paddle going to be that I unlock or what's that next thing going to look like that's going to help me get even further. Yep. And so that's Mole Mash Tab Bog Gal Gal. <laughs> I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I don't know how it relates to the game, but the game itself, regardless of what it's called, is a compelling and different twist with familiar mechanics. Yes, and I let you say the name of it every single time. I did not have to say it once. <laughs> and it's two ninety nine, and it's universal. And it's another good game from Riverman Media. They're a yeah, developer. They're really it's doing always well. yeah worth taking note of. And then there's Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch. So at the end of 2016, Atari released Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, which included the classic style from Roller Coaster Tycoon 1 and Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 with the scenarios from those games before they went 3D with Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. And it had all the, I mean, the word classic is going to keep being used because it used all those classic elements. And so Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch, it more borrows on Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 as well as Roller Coaster 4 Mobile, which was made a little bit ago. All these different times, Atari's, you know, tried, okay, let's do these different free-to-play mechanics beyond that classic. Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic is five ninety nine, I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, and so this is a free-to-play version, so going in you understand that I'm not I'm gonna have to be buying things to build my park. It's that classic simulation building game. 
And with the free-to-play mechanics, that means, in this particular case, you need to unlock cards to build rides. And so you're given, like, a burger stand, restrooms, and merry-go-round to start the game. And then you can't actually build a roller coaster when you start the game because just the basic <laughs> standard wood roller coaster, you need four cards for it. So even if you got one wooden roller coaster card, you need to get three more. And then those cards are the things that you either have to watch video ads or you can buy packs. It's so one of my right, co- it's all random of how you're going to get those cards. It's not like you can say, oh, well, if I play just a little bit more, I'm going to get those cards I need. It's random. Yeah. And so one of my co-writers got the $4.99 in-app purchase, the starter bundle to see how much you get. And it gives you a bunch of packs, a bunch of money and currency to buy packs. And then that lets you build coasters. You know, you'll have a few coasters at your disposal but the game is set up in that free-to-play mission system where it's like build a wooden roller coaster, you know, you check that off and you get coins. Rather than the scenarios of Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic where, you know, after year three you need to have a park rating of 600 and you need to have 1,200 guests in your park. So you have this very structured, focused goal. And then you're going to unlock rides just based on the progression of time within the game. This, you're only going to unlock new rides if you either spend money or you're super patient on waiting things to unlock. The one thing that its advantage ha- is that the camera controls are improved. So in Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, there's these little arrows to rotate the camera in the upper right corner. You can pinch to zoom, but you can't just like grab two fingers and spin the camera and rotate it. Instead, you have to use the little camera controls. So this game, you can spin the camera around full 360 degrees with touch-based gestures. So that's pretty much the only thing positive i can say about roller coaster tycoon touch <laughs> yeah i didn't i haven't played uh, the classic version but the this one i just found it's too slow and the fact that you're getting things at random in those card packs it's like i just got tons and tons of various topiaries and greenery and stuff i got no rides or i get the same ride i already have and i'm not going to be building multiple merry-go-rounds in the same park so it just doesn't make sense that I want to keep on upgrading that one thing. And then obviously all my guests are getting unhappy. They're walking out saying this park is so boring. And then finally I get to the point where I can build a roller coaster and it's like the lamest roller coaster I can possibly build because there's like no options to it because you just get the bare bones of cards you need and you got to play and play and play to get anything else. And if it's called Roller Coaster Tycoon, or yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon, then it should have the focus beyond the roller coasters and not necessarily the rest of the park. And it just kind of puts the roller coaster to the side, at least at the start of the game. I don't know if you spent the time and the money and just kept on buying card packs. Eventually, like you could build amazing roller coasters. But I have no desire to spend the amount of time it's probably going to take to do that with this game. And really, it comes down to that comparative nature with Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. Simply because, I mean, that's a game that I grew up on, so I personally have that nostalgic to it. But since it's been iOS, I've really kind of fallen in love anew with it because it's such a deluxe simulation. There's so many factors to take into account. You open a new ride, you have to set the price of that ride. If it's a new big roller coaster, it's going to be like $4 admission tickets 
or if it's a new just like regular thrill ride, then it's only going to be like 250 And you have to constantly balance that with guest feedback direct right there. And then you have to build paths. You have to make paths through the entire park. And then you need queue lines for your guests to kind of be able to wait in line rather than just walking by a ride. And if they can't go on it, they keep walking. So you have to balance that out. And then there's some courses or scenarios where the park admission costs money rather than the individual rides, and that's a whole different balancing act. And then you can get loans. You need to balance that money. And then you also have to make sure you have mechanics and janitors to fix the rides that break down, as well as clean up the puke from super intense rides. I mean, cleaning <laughs> up the puke of the guests is one of the best parts. And then making sure your janitors are in the proper area. And then also, you have access to rides like I said, you're actually managing a roller coaster theme park where you're going to invest money to get new rides. And then so it's March year one. And then April year one, you're introduced with a new ride. And then now you're into year two and you have a few different rides. And so you keep building towards that by investing money to get new resources and just having time pass. And then you can create your own custom steel roller coaster, wooden roller coaster, upside down roller coaster floorless roller coaster and you just keep building that way and then you have the limited area of your park and again there's that entire constraint of trying to build towards having a certain number of guests so you want to have an appealing park there's just so many different things to manage while you're looking at the game and then you open up roller coaster tycoon touch and you build those first few things and then you just stare at the screen and you're like there's literally nothing i can do right now other than spend money to hurry things up or wait for other things to replenish and i i gotta imagine it's more worthwhile to just spend the full flat price on roller coaster tycoon classic and just have the full game rather than keep going back and worrying about any future purchases you might come across yeah yeah this one just seems like it's really dumbed down to make it just approachable and easy but at the same point it makes it boring where yeah like, it's if too dumbed play- down like if I was going to play a game like this, I would rather play that Disney one, the one where you're creating your own Disney world, because it's the same level of interaction. Actually, that one, you probably do more than this game. And at least it's all like familiar rides and Disney characters and and other things. And it's the same. I mean, it has in-app purchase stuff and it has the free to all this free to play stuff that slows you down. But at least it's Disney stuff that I'm interacting with rather than no name rides. And it just boring yeah i mean i the main kind of selling point of roller coaster tycoon touch is to build your own custom rides where you're going and you make this wood roller coaster with this 100 foot drop that goes into this double loop thing and it spans your entire park you can have the track go then back loop up through your previous loop you know it can curve around so you can do whatever you want but it takes so long to get to that point and then once you build that coaster it doesn't there's no real payoff just because you're not within that scenario constraint it's like you're in a sandbox and there's no kind of benefit of building up your sandbox other than arbitrary mission goals that are again super dumbed down and it just leads to boring tedious tasks that you could be spending your time playing any of the other games we're going to talk about today or roller coaster tycoon classic (laughs) yeah 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 but it's featured by apple because it has that big name and it's published by atari and that's all it takes these days (laughs) yeah and it's free and it's universal (laughs) yeah 
it there's plenty of stuff in that featured list that are not very good but yep. that's how it usually is and so it's funny because the first game mole mash tab ba galgal isn't featured but <laughs> that's besides the point and then there's soul knight which is also not featured and this game takes that classic idea of a dungeon crawler and fuses a ton of action almost bullet hell style action and then it's a dual stick shooter and it's kind of like heroes of loot and heroes of loot 2 but it seems to even focus more on the kind of roguelike progression where you're going to you know, you can see your room progress in the upper right corner, and you're going to clear the room with all the enemies, and then you're eventually going to make it to a portal to descend down to a new dungeon, and you keep that kind of progression. But you can always search the offshoots. You might be able to find new characters to help you out, or new upgrades, various loot kind of ideas. And just when you're within a given room where there's just tons of bullets, you can weave through them, and there's just so many enemies... It's just a ton of action. It's kind of like the not the room. What's it called? With that robo oh, robo kill, where you have that oh, room based yeah, progression yeah. system, and there's just a ton of enemies. Like when you enter a room, you don't know what enemies are going to be there, but you're pretty sure there's going to be a ton, and you're just blasting away to try to stop all the incoming fire at you. Right, and the, and there's all different characters you can unlock throughout the game, which each have like their own kind of weapons and things. But even while you're playing through, you'll find these other crazy weapons you can equip. And then as you progress through each one of these dungeons and you make it to the little portal at the end, you get your choice of like a little power up to, to upgrade yourself in between each one. So you might say like all of a sudden, like if you're immune to poison gas and, or now you're going to get uh, your energy orbs are, are twice as effective or you're, you don't take any extra damage when your shield's broken. So there's all these various things that you can, uh, upgrade your character to help yourself make it further and that's just uh, those you get kind of just for free from making it through each dungeon one way after another aside from unlocking these new characters which costs in-game currency or in some cases real currency to unlock the new characters that you're going to want to unlock just because they're it's fun to try different characters and different styles so someone might have a a melee attack where another character has like these these crossbows that you can use so you'll walk into a room and you can kind of almost prepare your crossbow as you're going in and then fire away as soon as you cross the threshold now the enemies in that room are on top of you and trying to kill you but you can almost prepare and have that that arrow ready to go as soon as you walk in then run for cover prepare another arrow that's going to be a dead perfect shot and jump out and shoot and so you just have different styles of play depending on the character you have and the weapons at your disposal with that particular character so even just switching characters can really kind of change up the game and make it interesting to replay through and obviously it's all randomly generated so you don't necessarily you're not going to see the same thing over and over and over again but there's just all that replay value there because of all these various pieces that work together to kind of randomize everything. And this isn't the most original game in the App Store. You've probably played a similar style, but that doesn't take away from just when you're playing the game, it doesn't really matter. Oh, this is like whatever, because you're fully enjoying just the overload of action that they give you. And then, like you said, all those different characters give you that incentive to replay. So you have that core idea of, 
I'm going stage 1-2, 1-3, 1-4, and just going further along that progress. But then you're also earning gold and various items, the little blue crystals or whatever, and those can be used to unlock the new characters, and then that's going to spice up the game, just like you said. So you have that kind of double incentive to replay through that core structure of even though you're restarting at the beginning each time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's even though it is familiar, I still found it fun, and I still it was still compelling enough that I did want to keep on replaying it, even though I have seen similar games before. But those may no longer be on my device, and now it's time to like revisit the genre that I haven't played in a while, and it just kind of captures your attention, and it's and it's a fun little thing to go to and play a little bit go away and then come back and maybe try with a different character. But it's set up in such a way that you can come in and play it uh, as much as you want and whenever you want. And I didn't see really any limitations as far as like that not being able to play because I didn't want to spend money. Yep. And that's Soul Knight. It is free. It's universal. So there's no restriction on going into it. And it's definitely not as IAP heavy as Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch. <laughs> I, I it would be tough not to yeah okay and lastly what i want the title i wanted to mention was the warlock of firetop mountain and this comes from tin man games they a couple of weeks ago released the miss fisher murder mysteries game and now they're back to their game book adventures and this is the eighth time they've tackled one of the fighting fantasy books from the from the early 80s and this one, they went a little bit different from their normal style, which is that normal game book setup. And this was kickstarted, and instead of just the game book style, it adds a 3D RPG tabletop element to it, which is the fighting in the game all takes place with these little miniatures that you kind of move around and fight with. But the story of the the Warlock of Firetop Mountain is basically you're exploring these caverns and you're trying, they're beneath the Firetop Mountain and there's treasure and it's being guarded by this powerful warlock. And you're trying to find this treasure and along the way, obviously, you'll run into enemies that you now have to fight. And the way the fighting works in this game is you're all of a sudden you're presented with these little miniatures which. Uh, is your hero along with one or more enemies you happen to be fighting. And what you do is it's simultaneous action where you're selecting how you're going to fight and they're selecting how they're going to fight. And then you might pick to move to get out of the way or kind of position yourself to fight, or you'll do an actual attack or you'll do kind of a different sort of attack where you're attacking to the side and you select what type of thing you want to do. Then it's revealed what everyone's going to be doing, and then you roll, and based on your rolls, that decides whether or not your attack's successful, or maybe they're attacking you and see if their attack is successful. And the original story, it all revolved around a singular hero. What they've done with this uh, digital adaptation of it is to increase the number of heroes. You start out with four different heroes you can choose from. Each one is a little bit different, and I believe they can access certain areas depending on the different heroes. There's certain areas of the story you can access. other Others can't access other areas. So it kind of changes it up a little bit just with the different heroes. 
And what you can do is there's in-app purchases to unlock additional heroes if you wanted to play with those as well. And the, it looked like one set of them was must have been a free set of heroes you got for backing the Kickstarter because they're labeled as Kickstarter heroes. Or you can buy a whole pack and just unlock everything. But it's interesting because it's got this really rich format that they've put in that looks so different from their other games. It almost has this reminds me of like the Inkle sorcery game, uh, that whole game series where it's this rich 3D world and you have almost this miniature looking figure that is moving around and you get all these decision trees that you get to go through where you'll come up to a, a situation like maybe you're down in a cave and it says you want to go to the left or the right and then when you go to the left then it gives you more choices like do you want to explore the cave it gives you a description of oh there's some, you hear something in the cave are you sure you want to explore this and and you can back out if you want to and your whole goal is to reach the end of the story without dying you can die, I believe, three times and restart it, and you'll respawn where you were. Otherwise, if you die too many times, you're going to have to restart from the beginning and then try your luck. And there is some randomization of a, kind of the way the things drop, unless my memory is just absolutely horrible. It seemed like it was randomized and things are moving around. Uh and, and so each attempt is a little bit different. I mean, it still has to follow that main storyline, but there's still you can make different decisions. And like I said, with the characters, you do have a little bit of different differences there. So it's got a lot of replayability and whether or not you're actually familiar with the original source material, I think you're going to really enjoy this new, really rich format that they've gone with for this title. And it it kind of lends itself to definitely using this format again in future games and i'm hoping they revisit now they had their obviously their old game engine they use for the game books but now this new engine they have with these miniatures for the fighting and the combat uh i'm hoping this is something that we we continue to see in the future with more of these titles as they continue to knock these things out yeah, the previous Tin Man games, they're all fashioned after books. It's like a digital book, and you have the dice battles that roll out on top of the book, and there's illustrations. This one actually brings that tabletop RPG to life. It's like, imagine if your dungeon master created a miniature set, and now that miniature set is fully interactive in this digital world they've created with thousands of different choices. So it's like the best idea of tabletop RPG formed into this you know interactive world to partake in yeah i mean because you have those decisions you can make you're still following through that main story but it still feels like you're developing the story because you're allowed to make choices and especially in the combat itself it's a nice little break from the reading of all of everything else that's going on and it it's a much different feel than just rolling plain dice because now you do have selections of how do I want to move or position like a tactical element of how I'm going to position myself so I can make an attack and kind of get around to the side of them or not have them be able to attack me by moving out of the way. So it just it feels a little more interactive as far as specifically the combat goes rather than just relying solely on dice rolls like that's what i liked about the inkle uh setup where they had that slider you could slide and depending on you felt like it was a, a one more level of interaction where you could choose how much of your power you wanted to devote to your attacking and this 
rather than just rolling dice, I feel like you have a little more control and say in exactly how things go down. You still comes down to the luck of a, a dice roll, but you do have that ability to kind of take more part in the in the combat. Yep, and that's the Warlock of Firetop Mountain. It's four ninety nine. It's universal, and I think that's everything for episode eight. Yep, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed the App Advice Weekly Podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.